Welcome to the Razan Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 43. Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be catching up on our activities over Easter, introducing our new Undiscovered Treasures feature, dissecting the new and soon-to-be classic song, we suspect, Reckless Love, and thinking about how to deal with unusual, even controversial themes and language in a song, as well as responding to your tweets, posts, and emails. Greetings, Sam. Happy Ascension Tide. Uh, and also with you, happy nearly Pentecost. Happy nearly Pentecost. Are you Thy Kingdom coming? Uh, yes, to some extent. Uh, our church <laughs> isn't really doing it, uh, but um, we produced a, a resource last year, um, so it's on my mind and I am praying, but it's not like something that our church is doing. Is your church doing it? My church is doing it, yes. Um, awesome. I have not engaged fully... I shall try and get Joel. down there tonight. Joel. Yes. Yeah. We um there is um there's a, a event happening in Luton this weekend called the Fresh Mission. So my mind's been on that. Um we're gonna we've got a, one of my friends has got a whole junk drumming kit. Cool. And, and so we're taking that down to the park and doing an open air free workshops thing. And then there's gonna be a stage in the town centre. Um in uh we're gonna do half an hour with junk drummers and a band and singers. And then on Sunday night, we're going to do this Pentecost praise service, uh, Luton Christian Fellowship. Um, so I've, my brain is completely full of, of all that. Wow. Now, I said cool when you said junk drumming kit. And then I thought about it for a moment and I thought, I wonder what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you remember years ago they, on Blue Peter, they had a band and they brought in just basically <laughs> loads of bins. And... This, is basic, this is our base level reference for most things. Yeah, do you Blue remember Peter. on Blue Peter? <laughs> It was it was really famous because I think they redid the theme tune with like ah. hitting, hitting things. So it's that kind of idea of like using bins and you know junk yeah. uh, to as percussion instruments. And so we're, we've got a whole sort of mixed age group doing that, and it just sounds amazing because you when you add that to a band and to you know it really involves people, but it just gives it that kind of slightly earthy kind of to go with the sound. So it's going to be fun. Like it. What else have you been yeah. up to, Sam? Uh, we went to Belfast for a, a week to for sure. work with the Presbyterians, yeah. uh, doing uh, whole life worship stuff and simple worship stuff, which is really, really good. They were really positive, great bunch of people. Um, never been to Northern Ireland before, so it was a it was a blessing. Are we allowed um, to to say that there were, you sort of had certain concerns about what the Presbyterians might be able, able to handle from the Engage stable? Well. We were, we were told, and this was this was really helpful, that the guy who was working with us said, you know, there are certain things that probably won't work or that will be kind of hot-button issues. Yeah. And so we kind of went over there a little bit nervous. But I think because he'd prepared us really well, um, we found that, you know, that actually it was just totally positive and they weren't... They were, they were very, you know, warm and probably because he'd, you know, helped us to avoid certain things that might have been... Um, so d- you did know, you different. avoid them or did you just sort of handle them... Uh, a little, yeah, a little bit. I mean, th- th- there's things about. Um, I think that they are not used to liturgical worship, okay. and so we avoided yep. saying things like liturgical worship. But we did talk about: Have you thought about using a set prayer? Or you know, there's also a thing about interactivity, or people are a bit, you know, reticent. And actually, we are used to that in the UK anyway. People are in in England. Uh, people are used to you know, 
congregations that are reticent. So it's kind of gently drawing people out of yeah. their shell. Cool. So no, it was all, it was all good. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing we've done is put out um, an EP. Oh three yeah. Three songs. Uh, called the He Is Here EP, which we recorded last year. Um, I was trying to think about it. It's almost like the opposite of Songs for Sundays. Exactly. In that the anti-Songs for Sundays. Yeah, exactly. Rather than say, let's do something that people can play, we sort of went to the opposite extreme and said, we've got a bunch of really creative musicians that we play with regularly. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, when I put something on for a prayer time on my own, I don't tend to put on worship music. I will tend to put on something a bit more reflective um as a pianist uh, i know you like nils fram yeah uh and his mate oliver arnold's and there are other you know um sort of neoclassical stuff like that or kind of chill out music or jazz or which actually i find kind of helps me engage with god in a way that perhaps just an acoustic guitar or a u2 size rock band doesn't help with that so we took three of my songs and we sort of rearranged them to be this kind of chill out quite spacious um you know arrangements and we just went crazy really with the creativity um our producer was a guy called john bilborough who's one of dave bilborough's sons yeah uh and he is very much in the kind of creative secular scene he doesn't you know particularly move in worship type circles um so he brought just a real freshness and he kept saying things to me like sam just put that guitar down stop playing the guitar you know do do something else play something you can't play or yeah let's try you know just weird kind of studio experimentation that led to i think something really um creative cool well we'll, we'll stick a track on the end of the podcast today um we Great. were also at spring harvest together weren't we well i did all the pretty much all the weeks of spring harvest for i dipped in and you were doing a whole you you run two venues and um you really take it on when you're there well this year we we ran the prayer house and okay. we were involved um in the encounter venue i was playing guitar with jeremy perigo was leading in the encounter so it was it was quite full-on but we like that cool we did so we, we had a um a resound workshop at each of the weeks sam helped me out with one of them and uh chris juby and carrie and geraldine also um came along and did various bits and we basically introduced the whole idea of um, songs for Sundays and the kind of research and philosophy and thinking that was behind it around trying to do stuff that actually equips normal churches um, with stuff they can do um, and talked I found it really helpful because in preparing for it it made me think through the philosophy and the and the, 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 the approach to it the ideology whatever you want to call it um, and so we had something to actually express we got a really nice e- email or Facebook message from um, Nicola uh, afterwards who, who wrote this to us she said returning home from spring harvest has too often felt like worship becomes deflated but this morning as i stood in church i didn't fall into that mindset i thanked god for the musicians guitar flute and trombone are not the usual combination i realized that but each person there was giving their time their talents and i heard your words from last tuesday's workshop that we can't reprodu- reproduce everything we hear on cd youtube or at spring harvest the best offering is to make the best of what we have of what is there we can only bring to god what we have so a huge thank you to joel and sam for leading the workshop you have transformed my mindset on returning back home wow um so thank you nicola and and i hope we've been we heard from a few other people and hope we have encouraged you and so what i did was i i took some of that stuff that we did and i turned it into a blog post Mm. which we put onto the resound website so if you go onto our, our website and click the blog um you can go and read about what we had to say um I've also been working hard on the Hymns of Peace competition. That's really cool. So mm. we had 
150 entries and we've whittled it down now to eight for the shortlist and they're just about all the revisions and things have happened with the editorial teams and they will go to the judges soon so that's pretty exciting more news of that and the final thing is we are just about to launch our partner churches scheme so this is this is dead exciting this is Mm. um basically inviting churches to join and share in our ministry by effectively building this kind of partnership so you become a partnership which which means donating a certain amount of money each year in return you get all of our resources that we produce um but also you then become part of our kind of our consultation family so we will be in touch and ask you questions and and seek to consult with you about what we write and what the needs are in your church and what the the Mm. scene is and so on so we've done a bit of that when we in the build-up to songs for sunday we did a survey so we do some things like that but we're also thinking about actually doing a little partner churches kind of mini conference maybe probably a day in the autumn um to coincide with our eco songs project to, to think about the whole issue of um ecology and worship and how they intersect let us road test one or two songs let us consult the churches and find out what they're doing and the messages there and hopefully actually get an expert in to talk mm. about that whole theme and we're hoping you'll be involved as well sam with engage if we can make oh, it work fun. yeah i'd love that let's move on to our new feature which we are calling the undiscovered treasures undiscovered treasures nice i'm gonna sample that and Please then do. i say i'm gonna sample that what you mean what i mean is i've recorded that and i'm just gonna cut it out <laughs> and i'm gonna fit that into a jingle for next time if this feature is any good um <laughs> if it's not we'll see so we asked um followers uh, initially on facebook but this is open to any of you to suggest songs that are not very well known but are really good and should be more well known and we said well if you suggest them on those we'll try and pick one each time and feature it on the show because we think that's a that would be a really helpful thing to do so we had a bunch of suggestions from various people and i have picked one out this time sam and i have chosen living god brackets hungry by peter turnbull now this is from 2009 nice. positively ancient so it's nine years ago um peter was a music minister in sheffield um and let's just play a clip of it. Living God, come speak today. Lead us in the way of grace. Hear your power and love display. Living God, come speak today. Sing 
Living God uh, by Peter Temple. Sam, I picked this because, um, apart from anything else, it's just a good example of a song which we identified a lack of before we did Songs of Sundays, which is a song mm. to get ready to hear the word. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, you could you could express it in different ways, but it's very much homed in on the written word, I think, in terms of its language and the things it talks about. But I love the way it talks about living God come speak. So so you're about to hear the Bible, but you it, you express this vitality, this activeness, this life of God, rather than kind of dry words that might or might not inspire yeah. you. Um, it has a, it's got a tight, just kind of timeless melody to it. Mm. Very easy to sing. Um, and I like the way it just packs in a bunch of stuff that the Bible says about itself. Which yeah. is kind of good because sometimes we we write about stuff and we just add our own kind of cultural ideas to it rather than see what it says. So it says stuff like teach, rebuke, and train us, Lord, and that's quite hard in a way. It's, they're quite hard mm. concepts, but that's you know it's in there. That's what the Bible says about itself. So let's um, so let's sing that. Um, and at the same time, when it gets to the chorus, there's a kind of passion and a hunger for for God, which is expressed in there. So I think what, what a useful song. I really can imagine singing that in my church and finding it really helpful. Yeah, I, th- I was looking at the chorus, uh, the verse, sorry, and it feels almost like a hymn. I think the way the the, the melody is structured, it's got that kind of da, 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 and then sort of in a sequence it goes up. Da, 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 da. So it has that kind of very logical hymn-like melody, which I think would make it really easy for a congregation to pick up. Yeah. Um, but then the chorus is a bit more syncopated and a bit more uh, repeated, so that that part feels quite contemporary. Um, so I think that's that's good, and also just the amount of repetition of um, you know every verse starts "Living God, come speak today," yeah. and it also ends "Living God, come speak today." Yeah, and then he's only got you know a couple of little lines in there to fit in some content, but the repetition I think is really strong. Yeah, it's good. Uh, breaking with our normal pattern we're not going to critique this because we just wanted to pick something out and say yeah this is good you should have a look mm. at this this is a song not many people know about and we think it could be really helpful um, so could people are we going to put this on our we're going to put a link to uh so peter has sent me the the lead sheet we're, we're going to put a link on the podcast page and um you can actually you can download the the lead sheet from there and then maybe cool you know drop peter a line let him know you're singing it that would be really cool yeah brilliant Let's dissect a classic. Dissect a classic. <laughs> For some reason, I was imagining let's get ready to rumble at that point. <laughs> Which we have mentioned PJ and Duncan on the show before. So well, your your main influences, just so. some of my main influences. We are going to have a look at. Uh, it's not it's not right to call it a classic yet every now and again we go super up to date and talk about something that everyone else is talking about and one song that lots of people are talking about is Reckless Love by Caleb yeah. Culver Corey Asprey and Ryan Jackson or Ryan Jackson or Ryan Jackson I don't know um, well I kind of came across this song uh, because as I mentioned earlier I was leading um, with Jeremy Perigo at uh, Spring Harvest Venue and he sent through a list of songs and one of them was this reckless love that i'd not really i think i was aware of it but i'd not really looked at it before and my wife sarah and i were sort of saying oh right okay well, that's you know that's an interesting well, do we do we agree with that reckless love of god are we kind of you know we we sort of put a question mark over it mm. and then when jeremy led it uh, in the venue he did a really good job of introducing it 
and saying right now you know some people when we've played this at lst they've had some questions and we talked to our new testament scholars and said you know what do you guys think about this and actually they came back and said well look you know this is the, the god who leaves the 99 to to find the one this is the god who um you know uh sweeps the whole house you know until he finds the coin there's all these new testament references to a god who is um kind of extravagant and goes out of his way and is um i guess for me that probably the the strongest image would be the prodigal son story yeah um jeremy didn't mention this at the time but i was reading um i don't know if you've ever read tim keller's prodigal god book i have yes uh, and he says this in um the word prodigal does not mean wayward, but according to Mir Merriam-Webster's dictionary, recklessly spendthrift. It means to spend until you have nothing left. This term is therefore as appropriate for describing the father in the story as the younger son. The father's welcome to the repentant son was literally reckless because he refused to reckon or count his sin against him or demand repayment. Um, and so interesting there Ke kelly uses that word reckless directly about the father and says he was just reckless and extravagant in his love he was prodigal in his in his love towards the son and so jeremy didn't say that exactly but he did a really good job of explaining it and then as we sang the song in the in the room you really felt people engage and enter into it because they sort of had a a context for it and then interestingly my friend was in the room as part of the congregation and he grabbed the song thought oh that's great i'll take it back to my church and took yeah. it back to his church played it uh, and immediately got a really negative reaction from some people in the congregation mm. to the point where i was chatting to him and he said i don't think i can use it again because if i used it again i would feel like i was being actively sort of antagonistic to the people who didn't like it and i said well couldn't you explain it and he sort of said well i think i think that ship sailed really. okay I think people yeah, are yeah. already so upset about it um and then I think if you look online, um, there's a lot of opinion pieces online, blogs and, and videos and stuff of people critiquing this song. And so it's obviously it's obviously been quite divisive in the you know, people who've engaged with it. Yeah. It's interesting that thing you said about Tim Keller there. He he's taking reckless in its very in its probably in its kind of original meaning rather than its contemporary meaning a bit of not reckoning not counting yeah basically not counting the cost yeah and saying that's that's basically what reckless means as opposed to careless which is what yeah. we tend to think of it as slightly more these days don't yeah. we yeah i mean i i totally get for example if you had a parent who you thought was reckless in the sense that they spent all the family money on drink or gambling or you yeah. know or if, if you if you knew of an experience for example even a love experience where you know somebody finds um you know someone who's not their husband or wife and runs off with them recklessly in the name of love yeah you would say well that's terrible that's not that's not good love that's that's reckless love so there's a real negative connotation there um but i guess that the question we've got to ask is just because something could have an, a negative connotation does it necessarily make it a wrong lyric or a bad song yeah so from my point of view i mean i don't i don't know it but i've never sung it I've, and i've sat and watched the video a few times and i've 
you know, I'm, I'm always hopelessly out of touch with these things. <laughs> and so I know that loads of people I know already will love this song. Um, so I've been trying to, it, it's a different thing for me. You know, I'm just looking at the words on the page and I'm listening to it sung. Um, and as is often the case with these kind of things. I remember when we reviewed, um, a while back we did, this is Amazing Grace. Mm. And we sing that all the time in my church. And I've sung it in loads of places. And I think at the time you'd barely sort of used it in 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 worship. And so your take on it was quite different to mine. I feel like yeah. it might be a bit like that this time. Whereas I'm kind of thinking, yes, that's all right. I don't know. <laughs> Seems fine. Not a sort of a work of lyrical genius, but very but very singable. And I can see I can see the appeal of it. So I'm going to try and kind of approach approach it that way. I guess one thing I would say is that. It's drawn from ideas in parables and an important point about parables when you read them in the Bible is that you shouldn't dissect them. They're not designed for that. They're designed to make a point. And it's the mm. overall point they make, which is which is the truth of it. So let's get into this word truth, because people are kind of discussing, you know, should we we should sing things that are true, and is it true that God's reckless and blah blah blah. Um in a parable and this, you know, famously, if you try and actually pick through the parable, the metaphor begins to break down because it's not designed to to, to work that way. Um, yeah. It basically tells a general point, and that's the point it makes. And then you move on. And so Jesus moves on. And so when Jesus stands up and preaches to people, he tells the parable. They're left with this kind of, oh, wow, yeah, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, of course. And I think perhaps we could learn from that a bit about songs in the way that the, the totality of the song makes a point which is not just the word reckless, but it's the whole kind of... I was looking at the words that, that are used in it. Kick down, tear down, overwhelming, chases, fights, never... Or th- mm. These kind of words. There's a totality of it, which is about this kind of passionate, fierce love of God, which hunts us down and claims us. And I, you know, I've yeah. used language like that in a song, actually. Yeah. Um, but not quite so evocatively, I think. So I guess that is one, one, one thing it has made me think is, if you just home in on a word or even a phrase... You, you you miss the totality of, of the message at the same time by presenting it on screen time after time and repeating it and repeating it actually yeah. you do begin to home in on those those points and those lines within it because and they certainly inform theology so people there will be lot, plenty of people now now going around saying well, of course god's love is reckless yeah because it says it in the song yeah um yeah. and they you know wouldn't articulate it that way but we're, i'm influenced that way too um we we all are but i I think also it's consistent in its linguistic style. So the whole thing has a, like I listed those words, it has a style of a, a slightly hyperbolic style Yeah. Um, yeah. in the way it expresses things. So again, you hear it within that. I suppose I have a little bit of a question about the, it, it, it's mainly drawn from the, the parable of the lost sheep. And in that context, Luke collects together a bunch of parables. And the, the key feature of all of them is the rejoicing. He, the, mm. the point that he's making is how heaven rejoices. So it's the lost. Sh- he rejoices to find a lost sheep, even though he had ninety nine. That the point I think in the parable is less about the leave, about the reckless. It's just more about the daftness of why would you rejoice so much when you've already got loads of sheep? Why would you rejoice so much when you find one coin in your house when you've got plenty of coins? Why would you rejoice when you've got a family and a home and and you it, but the yeah and and a son but this other son comes back. I and I. That 
but then I must bow to your New Testament scholars because clearly that, that 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 other stuff is there. But I think if you actually really take the the major thrust of those those parables, because they're collected together in order to all make the same point, it's just how precious and valuable. So that yeah. is true. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the one blog post I read, I think it was from Relevant Magazine, talked about. He said actually this song doesn't go far enough because the the particularly the first verse. You know, it's more kind of Psalm one three nine material about and uh, Zephaniah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, of of kind of God singing over us and yeah. Us new, and this is and they're actually really beautiful words, but it doesn't really set up that idea of recklessness. Not and at the, all. No. That that guy was saying, or that girl, I don't know. That that blog post was saying, um, the song would be better if it's set up. Like my feeling is my friend jeremy did a great job of introducing the song in a helpful way yeah in a sense a song shouldn't need to be introduced like that yeah to be a really good song and so actually the song should really stand on its own and explain itself yeah um maybe that makes sense in a particular context so this is in a bethel context and maybe they talk like this a lot yeah and so it's only when it's gone beyond the walls of bethel that people have started to go what what do you mean by that um but i do think there's something about that i also think there's something a wider question about how we use words kind of poetically um you know we can get i think especially in christian circles we can get stuck into the idea that words only mean one thing and they yep. can only have one interpretation but actually you know the the, the phrase would be that words have a, a wide semantic range they have a a wide range of understandings depending on who you are and what yep. your experience is and what your culture is so i think about for example just simply like a word like unbelievable or yep. incredible like i often think if someone says you know god's love is unbelievable i think well what do you mean do you mean that I, it's, I don't it's believe physically in it. impossible yeah. to believe in it and actually that's developed to mean it's so incredible that it's really virtually impossible to believe and yet it is true yeah you know god's like it's incredible it's amazing that, that, it means yeah it's yeah. amazing exactly yeah um and we do that um and and then i guess what happens as well is that songwriters and poets like to push these things because actually you get a re- i mean this song the genius of this song is it has got a massive reaction yeah uh and some of that's been negative but it's it's caused a reaction because it's intentionally used a word which would seem negative and tried to give it a positive spin um again the same blog post uh, i was uh, uh reading was talking about the word waste that how yeah. we see waste as negative but actually even um quite a conservative uh, writer in america marva dawn wrote this book a royal waste of time that worship is a a royal waste of time in in the sense that it has no practical use and yet you know it's a glorious way to to spend our time is to give glory to god yeah um and that that, that appears in in songs as well uh, or i was thinking about um doug hawley wrote this song uh, because a lot of the kids that he was working with in kind of council estates and stuff and he's he writes for children and he wrote this song great great brill brill wicked wicked skill skill yeah I you know it. and for the kids that he was speaking to that was perfectly normal to say yeah. that god was wicked yeah and then you know other people who probably you know a bit older a bit more educated came along and said oh that's totally terrible to say that god is wicked and it's like, hang on, you're not realising that that word has a semantic range. And not only that it has a semantic range, but actually that people are intentionally flipping the meaning yeah. 
to kind of make a point or to be to provoke um and i guess i don't really know you know what the answer to all that is but i think all of that stuff is floating around in this kind of song and a meaning is the meaning of words is it moves with culture um and develops and changes so the, the question you know when you put in a, a word is it confused is it likely to convey the wrong meaning to people or within its semantic range are people likely to get what it means um and i think in the context of this reckless love song by and large i can't imagine who is going to hear it and and understand it well no maybe i've just changed maybe i'm contradicting myself but so in the case of that wicked wicked skill skill for the children yeah. who are singing it none of them are thinking oh god's bad and yeah. at no point is that that song going to leave them think oh hang on a minute we used to sing that song that said god was wicked he must be i mean it just yeah so yeah. i think that's the, que the question where there's where there is a, a semantic range does it therefore give an ambiguity of which there could be a negative side there's sometimes some ambiguity you read it in different ways and they all seem to be good and okay fine you know that but does it does it convey the thing you wanted it to convey and does it make sense in in the mouths of people who sing it i i think your point about the verses is really key here i think essentially there is if we're going to critique it as a song there is a weakness in it in that the first verse i i would just do away with the first verse and write another the one i i was right. talking with um Martin Leckerbush, who's one of our one of the Jubilate hymn writers, and he chairs the the Texts Advisory Committee, and, and we were looking at some some hymn texts uh, with a little team, and he said, always start always start your hymn on the penultimate verse, and then um, write the last verse, and then go back to the first verse, yeah. so that by then you're really in the flow and you know what the hymn is about. And he Brilliant. said the penultimate verse that's the le that's the most expensive that can be the weakest because as long as you do a really good last verse it's fine but yeah. if you do a poor first verse you never get into it and i think there's yeah. something about that in this as well yeah. that the the picture that is painted by those opening lines is beautiful and poignant and true and uh, and so on but yeah it doesn't it does it seems completely unrelated yeah to this idea, why would I suddenly sing about reckless? Where you, whereas you could have with, with verse two, mm. that seems much more. That seems much more connected. And I would think if you just connect it in this idea of counting the cost and so mm. on, somehow, I think yeah, mm. that's my critique there. Let's let's carry on then thinking about that that thing of um, using this kind of stretching language boundaries, maybe even controversial ideas in um in worship songs sam i know you've been, been thinking about one or two examples of this yeah so one thought um i guess the bible is in a sense controversial i think because it it quite often presents us things which aren't um self-evident which aren't the kind of common um, common sense approach you know you read some of Jesus parables and you go what he paid them the same amount of money at the yeah. at the end of the day as the guys who paid all it just, it's, it's just not fair you know we yeah. sort of we have and I I guess I quite like the idea or I, I kind of wish that maybe our songs went there a little bit more went into kind of things that are a little bit more challenging about the nature of God because I think if if all of our songs are safe um 
then I wonder if we're really, you know, talking about the God of the Bible or if we're talking about the God that we've kind of made in our own image. Yeah. And I, I suppose I'm speaking to myself and I'm speaking to Razan when I say that because I think we tend to err on the 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 more safe, the more clear, the more um, acceptable sides of talking yeah. about, you know, God. And so this is not a, you know, this is pointing the finger at myself as well. Um, but a couple of examples. One would be the idea of darkness. Um, I heard someone, I think it was when we were at the songwriting thing, we heard um, Maggie Dawn uh, talking about, um, she was mentioning about darkness and this idea that we we have a kind of binary of, you know, God is light, in him there is no darkness. And there's all this kind of Bible text around that. Uh, but actually you can approach this in a different way. Um, and she recommended a book to me by... Uh, Barbara Taylor I always get her name wrong uh, but it's called Learning to Walk in the Dark and basically she explores um, uh, the the idea that actually there are some biblical and some sort of Christian theological imagery which use darkness and one of the most important uh, ones is this, when God is when there's a kind of theophany yeah, Barbara Brown Taylor sorry that's her name um, when there's a kind of uh, an experience of God in the Old Testament, for example, someone like Moses at, at the Mount of um, Mount Horeb, he uh, experiences it as a dark cloud, a cloud of darkness. And God is, is experienced in the darkness. Um, and she kind of unpacks that. And it's been something that I've thought about a lot more. And, and actually that there might be something useful in not just speaking of God in this kind of binary he's light everything else is darkness way but actually to explore what does it mean that god might be found in the darkness what does it mean that god created the day and the night what does it mean that on the cross christ experiences you know the, the darkest moment and actually goes there yeah. and that god is there um and i was really encouraged because uh, i was marking uh, just been marking my students from london school of theology they've just put handed in their um their songwriting um, cool. stuff and there's some excellent excellent songs and one uh, guy called sam ball wrote a song called the lord reigns mm -hmm. and he uh, takes uh, a psalm and talks about you know, the lord reigns and all these different sides of life and then verse four he very intentionally uh, has this line our god reigns in darkness our god reigns with a crown of thorns and i thought wow what a brilliant you know, an almost shocking image after you've mm. had all that positive Sami stuff about, you know, our God reigns over all the earth, our yeah. God reigns, to go, our God reigns in darkness, our God reigns with the crown of thorns. Actually, I found that really helpful. Yeah. So that's, that's really helpful. I know you had, um, there's one song you were showing me before we um, started recording, which is quite full of tensions, which is a different sort of way of holding some difficult, a, a way of handling difficult ideas yeah. without over by holding some tension in them you sort of allow yourself to expand into them knowing the tension will pull you back um yeah. do you want to talk about that that song you were showing me yeah so this is an andy flanagan song um who many people will know as um involved in politics and in worship leading and youth work and he was at uh, the youth work event um that youthscape put on recently and he decided to uh crowdsource a song so he put yeah. out on social media you know um Put, you know send me some lyrics send me some ideas about the tensions and the things that you would want to ask god um which maybe you're afraid to ask or afraid to bring up in church and so he wrote this song which is praise to the god who 
And then he allows those lines to be really challenging and to be, as you say, kind of holding tension. So it starts, praise to the God who often seems silent. Praise to the God whose plan isn't clear. Praise to the God whose story sounds violent. Praise to the God both distant and near. And it really goes on like that to kind of raise all these issues about God that we don't necessarily like to talk about in church. And we certainly don't often talk about in worship songs because we like to have things cut and dry. But actually it's so um refreshing to hear them spoken out loud and to be honest and to kind of have that kind of almost psalmic quality of kind of raising difficult stuff and and being honest about it um some of the other lines um let me give you uh praise to the god who can't be conscripted praise to the god who won't always make sense praise to the god who won't be constricted praise to the god who will cause offense uh, and then, you know, re- really, uh, this is probably the one that I would, st- I think I've had a little chat with Andy about this and, and we've sort of, tent- and I know other people have said to him, uh, he's got a verse, praise to the God who gives cancer permission, praise to the God who gives all of himself, praise to the God who surrendered position, praise to the God who puts love before health. And that is, I think, a really hard verse. And I don't think I would have written that verse like that. Yeah. But it's trying to wrestle with the challenges of God's sovereignty and God's love and what does it mean that you know people get cancer and what does it mean that God is you know what is God's role in that um and then the chorus is you are God and we are not and I think that that is a really good um sort of leveler to all of this is to say actually we are sort of surrendering ourselves to this God who is awesome who is unknowable in one sense who is uh mysterious who is seemingly contradictory but actually there's something very powerful about saying well hang on but you are god and we are not so we're not going to necessarily understand you or tame you or you know i thought it's yeah there's also a line i'm just (laughs) there's also a line which is praise to the god who loves trump and Teresa." (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you go Uh, a little bit oh well that and the next line is praise to the god who hates lying i know and greed, so. i know um, <laughs> a little bit of politics in there mm. um yeah Just a wee bit. i suppose my question about this is um it, it comes back to that question about what are what do we use songs for in church yeah and therefore i look at this and i say is this a congregational worship song or is this a community expression? And I, and I guess are they different things as well? Yeah. But what he what's happened here is crowdsourcing all these tensions and difficult questions, and, they, and you can see it as you read through, and you think, "Wow, this is great!" And this could be so important and powerful for a particular group. Um, it strikes. It feels like more of a poem than a song, in a sense. Um. Now, why am I saying that? I mean, I think it's because, um, so th- this, uh, someone who said, and I, I can't remember, some major hymn writing type person, that that poetry challenges the way that we think, but hymns remind us of what we already think. Um, and, and clearly this, it, this falls more on the challenges, what we think, but actually what it's trying to do is remind us of what we already think Um, because there's something about when you sing a congregational song together and you just sing through the verses there isn't time to be nuanced usually there isn't time to engage with the idea 
and to mm. think about it and to uh, and wrestle with it in the way that you can for example in a sermon you can introduce an idea and you can talk about it for five minutes and so you can create nuance and and, and discuss around it um, when you present something more as a performance or a poem or something you can kind of set it up as a just listen to this and let it challenge you know pick stuff out and let it challenge you and think about it yeah. it's quite different to as the words come out of my mouth as i'm joining in yeah. i'm not sure if i agree with that's quite a, there's something quite difficult about that yeah because it's almost a little bit unfair yeah um it's it's kind of a question of genre isn't it yeah, because if you're yeah. watching what you think is a rom-com and suddenly someone's head gets hacked off You'll yeah. go, whoa, I thought this was a rom-com. I thought this was going to be a nice, easy watch. And actually yeah. it turns out, you know, or it's, you know, it turns into be a documentary about climate change. You're going to go, hang on, you know, yeah. this is what I signed up for. And I think that worship songs, um, well, it's different in different churches, but we have a sort of generic sense of when I go into church and sing a song, it's going to do this. Yeah. And actually what I think probably both Reckless Love and Andy's song here are doing is saying well let's stretch this genre you know let's turn a rom-com into a you know something quite different <laughs> and we get unsettled and i guess there's something about uh how we how we you know and and that's why i think there is probably having said you know a song should stand on its own two feet i suppose there also is a place for the leader kind of couching something and saying now what we're going to do here now is we're going to sing a song which is kind of different to what we normally sing and it's intentionally going to challenge you and you may not agree with all of it but we hope that you will think it through um and there's probably a place for that kind of song and then there's probably also a place for songs which are much more within the regular genre but are starting to sort of gently push the boundaries uh, the example that i pulled out is one that um it's a song that i really love actually um god of the moon and stars by paul field um which i think has become more well known because chris or christ christ Crayonord. I do not know how to pronounce that, and I'm so sorry. Um, covered it um, a few years ago. Uh, it's a song which which pushes the boundaries, but what it does, Paul's a brilliant songwriter, um, is it sort of lures you in and takes you with it. So it begins with God of the moon and stars, God of the near and far, God of the fragile hearts we are, I come to you, etc. Verse two, God of the meek and mild, God of the reckless and the wild, God of the unreconciled. Wow, it's starting to get God of our life and death, God of our secrets unconfessed. By the end of verse three, God of the unborn child, God of the pure and undefiled, God of the pimp and paedophile, I come to you. And that's the line which that's the most arresting line in it. It often grabs people. Mm. But the way it does is it builds gently towards it. And I missed out quite a, a chunk of the words. Um, it builds gently towards it so that by the time you get there, you'll find yourself saying, well, yeah, absolutely. Wow, gosh, yeah, that's so powerful. Rather than, hang on a minute, what's that you're singing? I don't agree. You know, that's, it does a totally different thing, but it really challenges you at the same time because you find yourself singing something thinking wow i didn't know i thought this yes having having said that there are some people that take against that song and have vehemently told paul that they hate it and will never sing it because of because of that line about pimp and pedophile yeah now i don't think i would sing it in church because for for some of the reasons we said before in that i would find it more difficult and i've never actually sung along to it congregationally i would find it difficult putting it on people's lips yeah um, interestingly, um, Christ, who covered it, um, 
changed the second line so he changed it to his version is god of the moon and stars god of the gay and singles bars god of the fragile hearts we are comes so rather than this kind of easing you in by talking a language you understand broadening and broadening until suddenly mm. you're taking in stuff you never thought you would he just goes boom straight in there um yeah. with the as as you put it with the just just straight away hacks off the head um, yeah exactly and you okay this isn't a rom-com at all but <laughs> the problem with doing that is that i think it's i don't think the songwriting craft is as strong because it's a clef- carefully crafted song yeah um, and it means you might just switch you might just switch off the video at that point yeah um, yeah we think oh this isn't for me rather that the, I, I find this so I, there's lots of like films and things I, to keep this film thing going that i don't i would never choose to watch but if i sit down and they draw me in then i find yeah. them compelling and challenging yeah well i I think you're right i think that the, the song is well crafted for that reason and it does it does work for that reason and i suppose that's what we something we could learn in this is um is using the craft of the songwriting in such a way that if there's a controversial or a difficult line or idea that it's actually you've earned it in a sense as a songwriter yes i think that's good and both the um andy flam one and the paul field one that that we've mentioned they both have a a structure which is quite list like yeah and has a very every line so either praise to the god who or god of the and they yeah. all they do something where there's a kind of security in in that repetition and that structure, which then al- allows you to understand this as a list rather than a a, a an exposition or yeah or, or something like that. Um, yeah, good. I just came up with a few ideas that I thought would help if you're going to use um, it, try and put stretch language or concepts or even be challenging in songs. Um, a few things that would help you to do that successfully as opposed to unsuccessfully um, and actually just taking that whole that film idea I think that's really helpful straight away is kind of decide what the song is mm. is it a rom-com or is it an action movie or a thriller or or so on and if it's going to be some clever combination of those then it has to, you have to have that in mind from the start um, yeah the 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 second point is to be consistent in your voice throughout it so that it's not as if you've kind of sung a bunch of cliches and then suddenly this crazy line comes out of nowhere. Yeah. If you're going to be, if you're going to use quite creative language, then be quite creative with your language throughout, but you can do it softly and build to a kind of a, a more challenging moment. Mm. But let us know that this is a song which uses unusual language yeah. so that when we get to the most challenging bit, we're in that place. Um, and it's not, I, I once did this recording with, um, when I was a teenager, a little band, and we got my brother to sing this song and he just couldn't get the tune of one of the the lines right. And we thought, oh yeah, well, I'd probably sound like my brother. So we recorded him doing the whole thing and then I just came in and sang one line. <laughs> I say it's ridiculous because this different <laughs> voice suddenly appears. It didn't, doesn't work at all. Don't do it. And don't do it in songs as well. Um, I was thinking as well that we often use we use context to hone the meaning of something so Mm. if something just sits on its own as a single statement with no real reference either side you you'll get one meaning from it but you can actually build you can you can use the metaphor or traces of the metaphor elsewhere yeah so that when you get to it you know what what point it's trying to make you understand what that particular metaphor or image or whatever it is you said um, is meant to mean um, a- another tip is I suppose unless this is the absolute aim of your song to, to land on this thing don't use it as a landing 
section, like the last line of the chorus or the yeah. Because what that does is that makes it really stick out as wow. That's that's where you've left us. That's now of yeah. course that there is a way to to do that, but a lot of the time, if the easiest way to introduce something that's more difficult, and it's the same with a sort of unusual rhyme, is use it first and then land on something else that's a bit more familiar so mm. that it gives it a sort of stability in its context, which landing on the weird thing can sometimes make the whole thing kind of fall over because it's, un- you know, yeah. land on there and it's unstable, so you fall over. Um, and then um, poetry to challenge what you think, hymns remind you what you already know. And we've talked about the idea of what a song is for and... Um, within its within its context but try and find ways if you can bring in a difficult idea but couch it in terms that are familiar in stuff that we can agree with more easily you're more likely to draw people into your idea than if you just slap them in the face with it yeah um and say well you never thought of this did you I I think the real strength you know good poetry and good challenging stuff is that we find ourselves going Wow, I didn't know I agreed with you, but I do actually. One of the best ways to do that is to is to be as as Bible based as you can. Yeah. So if you're going to go for a challenging image, uh, the more that you can relate that to Scripture, and I think what you were you were saying earlier about you know really delve into Luke 15 and and unpack what is he really saying in those passages, yeah, and put that in your song, um, rather than talk around that and then chuck in one idea. Uh, I think the more the more biblically rooted it is in general the more people will go oh yeah but i get that because it's in scripture yeah even if i don't necessarily 100 percent understand it and yeah. i haven't reconciled it and it challenges me and x y and z but i've already by and large probably in our, in our context certainly i've already decided i trust scripture and therefore yeah um that's okay but what yeah. i haven't already decided is i trust you as a lyricist and if you just <laughs> chuck in some idea i'm gonna say oh exactly. yeah that's that's yeah. fine i'll go along with that yeah So that's the end of our podcast for this month. Remember, we love to hear from you, so do get in touch with your questions, comments, and suggestions. You can email us at podcast at resoundworship.org, Facebook slash resoundworship.org, or Twitter at resoundworship. And all that remains is for Sam this time to introduce our featured song from the Engage EP. Yeah, I'm going to play... We have come to our father, which is already featured on uh, Resound. You can get the sort of regular version from the Resound website. But we very much rearranged it. Um, it's got a lot of strings on it. It's got a kind of crazy drum part halfway through. Uh, we had a lot of fun with this, and we hope that people will like it. Um, with all three of these, uh, you can get them as MP3s, but you can also get videos. So we figured that people might use them in church or in home group or for personal um, kind of worship um so if you go to engageworship.org uh and then uh from the home page you can see a link to the he is here ep and so if you're interested you can watch those videos um for free on there and then download them if you like uh but yeah this is we have come to our father great stuff bye bye sam bye
Say, cause you promise. 